1: And welcome into to the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. We are live in the Ingalls studio. I'm Jack Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside and the week has finally arrived. Today is opening day of the festivities of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Again, it feels weird to say it, but the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl taking on the Los Angeles Rams.
2: Uh, when you said this is the start of what we've all been waiting for, I felt very sure you were talking about Draftmas.
1: Draftmas, I know.
2: Draftmas is officially
1: here. I know. Okay. Draftmas kicked off over the weekend for Jeremy. The Senior Bowl was in the books. It was a uh, it was a fun time on Saturday with uh, Jeremy and David Smith, armchair commentary, live reacting to the Super Bowl or the excuse me the Senior Bowl as it played out down in Mobile. Coming up in the second hour, we'll get Jeremy's winners and losers of the senior bowl week and the game itself. We will uh we will begin our uh, matchup by matchup breakdown of the Super Bowl. We'll do Rams offense against the Bengals defense. Coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, And we've got all of the coaching news to cover as well. Don't forget you're going to want to hang around today for the happy hour. The third uncensored hour of the Sportsocracy. Only available on the YouTube channel. Go to thesportsocracy.com, Click on the live video link. You can subscribe to the channel there. And you can join the House of Reprehensibles as well. After you subscribe. Your subscription gets you into the chat box. And today it is a Musicocracy Monday. And we are going to reveal the bracket that everyone has been waiting for. The most overrated bands of all time.
2: If you want a reason to be Tank Spencer, old man yelling at clouds, I'm going to give you every reason to. <laughs> Tank Seatedness, I I just took the social media interactions and said, these are the 64 bands that we were told by you, our lovely listeners, are overrated. Yep. And here we are. Yep. I have shown the bracket to a couple people.
1: And I'm not going to lie, it's been pretty consistent. Every bracket has somebody that you're angry at. Oh, yeah. The number one, uh, the number one theme in the most overrated bands is controversy. Well, Ever- the number one
2: theme is that to be overrated, you have to be highly thought of in the first place. True. So I'm sure people are going to say the bracket and go, well, Creed is not nearly high enough. Because you all hate them. <laughs> the only reason they're in the bracket is because I love them.
1: Uh and uh I got a I, I got a sneak pre- sneak peek preview for you. They're a dark sleeper. Dark sleeper.
2: Yeah, they're they're probably gonna
1: get further than they
2: should, oh. which is just gonna serve to make me angry. Oh, now.
1: absolutely. Uh so we will discuss that coming up in the third hour of the program today again only on the YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, go to the sportsocracy.com.
2: Uh in the chat we have already started a fun discourse of what is more fun than the pro bowl so far (laughs) watching paint dry is the leader in the clubhouse
1: i was gonna say getting your fingernails ripped out with pliers maybe i uh, we had our sales manager gene came by earlier he goes i turned on the pro bowl for five minutes uh yesterday and since when do they not tackle in the pro bowl uh five years ago oh don't worry that's the i'm mad for today yes because
2: i'm not particularly thrilled with the pro bowl
1: yes uh anyway it was you know it was it was a big weekend He got a lot of things going on i've had fun watching the winter olympics i know jeremy doesn't care at all what what are these about individual in individual achievements in sports what are these olympics things that you're referring to (laughs) caught some of the clash yesterday at the coliseum that was fun was fantastic that was i mean that looked like all you had to do was just turn the wheel left and just keep on going
2: yeah here's the thing Baseball, you could learn a thing or two from NASCAR because they're figuring out quite quickly. You can't just keep doing the same thing, latherish, repeat, and expect people to keep consuming it. Right. So, I got, you know, we don't talk a lot of NASCAR on this show. I, I got to give NASCAR its, its flowers here.
1: That was good. It was good. It was it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, my guy Kyle Busch couldn't come up with the win. Joey Logano that gets him in, in the end.
2: I love that Kyle Busch got booed in a stadium that I am reasonably convinced was full of people who did not know who he was. Oh, really? There's, that's the guy we're supposed to boo. I read it online. <laughs> boo him. Boo.
1: <laughs> boo you. <laughs> Everybody hates Kyle Busch, and that's one of the reasons that I love him. I love the bad guy, and he plays it to a T. And I absolutely loved his response afterwards. Apparently, we just can't win a damn race. We finished second. I think that was like the eighth time in the last year that he's finished second place in a race, and he is very, very upset about that. But I felt like this weekend was a great success. Senior Bowl was fun. The ancillary sports were fun as well. We got another big one coming up this weekend, obviously with the Super Bowl, and you got Israel Adesanya fighting on the main card of uh, the new, the the next UFC pay per view. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, we'll have all the ins and outs and in-betweens here in the Sportsocracy.
2: And this week, every NFL team, oh, yeah. seven-round mock draft. Because oh, yeah. you know what Jeremy did yesterday? Seven hours of commercial-free <laughs> mock
1: drafting. I'm going to call BS on that one. It took you way longer than seven hours to <laughs> yeah, do that. It, did. it took me. Uh, so
2: yesterday, I did one of those things that I don't do often, which is sleep. Nice. Until 1.30 in the afternoon. As someone that never sleeps, you wake up from a sleep like that in a complete haze. You don't know if the world has ended outside your door. You just know the sun is coming through the window at a weird angle. Right. You don't really know where you are. And it literally took the rest of the day. Yep. But we have every NFL team's mock draft. And I'm going to
1: be honest with you. Tank's seen them all. Yep, there's not many of you that are going to have much reason to be upset. No, which which is, uh, I think it's always a great exercise for us to go through because I honestly believe that 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 Jeremy is super objective in this. Like. When he ends up giving the New England Patriots players that he's going to hate for the next 10 years, you know that he's looking at it in, obje- in, an, in an objective way and getting them the things that they absolutely need.
2: I'll be really honest with you. Objectively grading what I did, every team got at least a B plus, And
1: two of the four A-pluses were in my own division, and neither of them were my team. Unfortunately, those of you who don't have uh, solid front offices and scouting departments, you you, you should probably—I mean—give Jeremy a call. He'll give you—he'll give you some advice. Phone
2: number's been the same for a long time. Ain't hard
1: to find me. I'm trying to get him on your side, but I'm trying. Uh, But anyway. Of course, we got a lot to get to, but let's talk about the coaching carousel in the NFL because this news broke just a little while ago that the Houston Texans have decided who's going to be their next head coach, and it's going to be a guy who was their associate head coach this past season, and it's good old Lovey Smith back in the NFL. I would, I would love
2: to have someone explain to me why did you have to fire David Kelly for this? Lovey no Smith's already on the staff. Yep why 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 did you do this because you just wanted to waste money and i'm gonna be really honest with you you made yourself look terrible in this Mm -hmm. because none of the high level candidates would interview with you people ask us all the time why do we talk so much about coaching things this is why the houston texans just gave us the perfect example of why we talk about these things so much i want you to really digest what i'm getting ready to say okay two years ago two 24 months ago, this was a team coming off an appearance in the AFC championship game that they were leading in by a considerable amount. Two years later, they're the biggest joke in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, and it's not even close.
1: If it wasn't for Jacksonville, they would have lapped the field five or six times. And I would like to use the well. You did have one of the biggest scandals of you know for a personally for an a, for an athlete of all time, but that's not you what. Were, no, this. you were four and twelve with him. That's not what started this. What
2: started this was the day they looked Bill O'Brien in the face and said, "Yep, let's give you personnel control." They have not made a good decision since, and I could argue that hiring Levy Smith is the best decision they've made okay now did he have tremendous interest from other teams
1: no no he didn't did he have any interest from other teams okay all right he
2: would have been somebody's defensive coordinator if they had hired jonathan gannon or josh mccown by the way can we stop bringing in josh mccown for interviews this second time in two years you've done this (laughs) oh that's just no no you're not it's not who you're gonna hire it was never
1: who you were gonna hire you don't think they're building up to that they're building him up. Because, I mean, is that not a thing? Is it not a thing for head coaching candidates? Like, once you start getting the interviews, then you're going to get more interviews. Well, it would be one thing if he had gotten an interview
2: anywhere but Houston. Right? That's the only place. And there's a reason for that. Because now you have this reputation in NFL circles as a dysfunctional franchise. You could have saved every bit of this if you had just handled three things differently. Never give your head coach personnel control. Right. I do not care who it is. I don't care who it is. Bill Belichick, bad. Historically, it's been bad. Bill O'Brien just typhooned a franchise. So you do that, and then your decision to get away from that is Jack Easterby and Nick Casario. I'm going to implore you. Name me one thing they've done right since they took over in Houston. Anything. I don't care what it is.
1: I can't think of one.
2: Drafting Davis Mills is probably drafting Davis Mills and hiring Lovey Smith and and I'll look okay. David or uh, Lovey Smith and David Kelly into the same b- decision. Right. Now firing David Kelly, that made you look stupid. And here, and here we are. All you did was bring in another coach that nobody else wanted to lead their franchise. Right. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He is. I could argue I wouldn't want him to be my head coach but we're, we're picking nits at this point. But what was the purpose? So you made David Cully the scapegoat, but then you look on his own staff and go, yeah, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. What sense does that make? None. So you did all of these things, which I'm telling you right now, if you don't believe that coaching candidates look at what they did to David Culley and go, I'm out. I got a bridge to sell you. Right. You want to know why nobody would interview here? Because of exactly what you've already done. Of course. And so now you just... Kick the can down the road you've kicked it down the road another year you have the third pick in this draft it's a three-player draft
3: Mm -hmm.
2: hate to break this to everybody there are three high-level grades in this draft then of course my jets pick at four who shot (laughs) once you get past that it's a toss-up right so houston you get one decision made for you what else do i actually think you're doing well do I think Lovey Smith's going to, because Pep Hamilton's going to be the offensive coordinator? I don't know if you read that part or not. I did. Pep Hamilton will be the offensive coordinator. Yes. I could see him developing Davis Mills. But do you really think this is a long term hire? No. By the time this team is good, Pep Hamilton and Lovey Smith will be on to greener pastures.
1: So what's the point? Especially if you have if you have this short of a leash on the coach.
2: Well, and they won't with Lovey Smith. There's no way he took this job at 63 years old, knowing full well this is his last shot as a head coach. See, in the that's NFL.
1: what that's what I want to know. I want to know what the contract looks like on this one.
2: Oh, I'm sure there's a buyout if he's fired after a year. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of
1: guaranteed money
2: because that's what you have to do.
1: But what was it? It was what they already set, $20 million on fire or whatever it was that they still owed David Tully.
2: They paid him $17 million to be the head coach for 11 months.
1: Right. That's,
2: That's what ridiculous. bad franchises do. Mm-hmm. And you just – I don't know that I have ever seen a team set themselves on fire as quickly as the Houston Texans have. Mm-hmm. If you had told me two years ago that this would go – you would go from the, the organization that gave Kansas City everything it could handle in the AFC Championship game, to where they are now, okay, you have a mole uh, in your front office because you can't do that without doing it on purpose. There's no way. You cannot take a team that's that. And I understand the Deshaun Watson thing was not something you could have planned for. Right. That's not the only thing they did here. You traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of footballs you got a two and david johnson who i think went for directly from 26 to 126
1: well that was the thing i mean the deandre hopkins thing that was the thing that put the final nail in the bill o'brien coffin
2: and and my question is how do you how do you allow this to happen i've never in my life seen a franchise blow themselves up from the inside out Mm -hmm. and everything you do just stays in the same narrative the narrative never changes so best case scenario all right, you brought in Levy Smith. What are you going to be one calendar year from now? Best
1: case scenario?
2: Best case scenario. Five and 12. I I would say you're high. I would say you're too high. Yeah. You're not literally high. You're too high. <laughs> right. I forgot a word there.
1: <laughs> I thought you were accusing me. I was no, like, wait a minute. No, I don't. What you doing in your personal time? It's on you. <laughs> uh, my question is... Can Lovey Smith still be an effective head coach in this league? Or is or has he just been a a victim of circumstance in his last couple of stops? I mean, remember he was with Chicago and he took him to a Super Bowl. They didn't win the Super Bowl because he had Rex Grossman as his quarterback. And then after he went on a string of what, it was like one playoff appearance in seven years with the Chicago Bears, he gets fired. Then he comes to Tampa. Spends two years. His quarterbacks were Josh McCown and the rookie year of Jameis Winston, which wasn't horrible, but still. Here's he what didn't do anything to turn me. those teams around, and then he goes to college, and he was horrible there as well. Here's but- what's unsettling to me.
2: How many years as a head coach has Lovey Smith had a top half of the league offense?
1: Top half of the league offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say once you would be correct okay
2: they were literally tied for 17th one one other time how many times have they been top 10 in defense top as a matter of fact i'll go a step further than that how many times have they been top half of
1: the league in defense i'm gonna say it's got to be more than that but not by much i'll go two it's four okay in 10 years he's been a top half of the league
2: defensive defensive mind four times so what is the purpose you already had this guy on your staff if you think he's the guy to mold your defense, I get it. That's not a long-term solution. No free agent is going to look at this and go, "Yeah, I want to be there." Yeah. No rookie, Kayvon Thibodeau, who, by the way, that's who I have them taking in the draft because he's the player that falls in their lap. Mm-hmm. He's not going to look at this and go, "Oh yeah, I'm excited to be in Houston. This is going to be tremendous. I can't wait to learn from Lovey Smith and then him get fired 24 months from now." Right. I don't the point. Even if you like, say you'd hire Jonathan Gannon or Todd Bowles, or Brian Flores, or any of these other guys, I at least look at them and go, they're young enough that maybe you can steer this ship in the right direction and two to three years from now you're headed in the right direction. Even if Lovey Smith gets this right, let's say he was the perfect hire. He's 64 years old. Mm -hmm. How long do you think he's going to be here? So you, you, all of these things that you said about David Culley, they all apply to Lovey Smith, too. So what was the point? So now you've just gotten here, and you're in the exact same shape you were one year ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you convince the fan base to keep spending their money on this?
1: I can't answer that. I mean, that's the I, thing I can't they for the life of me understand. Well, well, they didn't have an answer for that question before Deshaun Watson showed up, and then Deshaun no, shows Deshaun up. Deshaun
2: Watson was enough to get you to 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 pay your shekels, right? Because he was a good enough quarterback. Well, that got taken from you. No matter what happens with that. One way or the other, the next snap he plays in the NFL will not be with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happened, and Houston just went full four-year-old that piddled their pants on the playground and just sat down in it and went, I don't know what to do now. (laughs) I need need a, a, a lollipop and a hug. And that's what you've done now for three years.
1: And I sat in my pee pants for three years.
2: It's I just I don't get it. I, I've I never either. seen anything like it.
1: I don't either. Look, I love Lovey Smith as a Tampa Bay guy. He was a defensive coordinator there for a while under Tony Dungy, and then takes a the team to a Super Bowl. He's such a great story, and then everything just fell off the world. He's for He's a
2: wonderful human. Mm-hmm. The only problem is that he got this job at the expense of another wonderful human. Yeah, <laughs> that that it would be one
1: thing if David Culley was a jerk. Have you ever heard one? cross word about him no no and the one thing we heard throughout the season was look how hard these guys are playing for him when they all know that the situation is a dumpster fire and he won as you you'll never be able to take that away from him he had a much worse team because he didn't have the quarterback and he still won as many games as they did the year before with Deshaun Watson you'll never be able to take that away from David Kelly and unfortunately I doubt he'll ever get a shot to do this again Oh, he I mean, because that's of that's incredibly age. unfortunate. Right.
2: He had one year in the NFL. I would argue he had the worst roster I have ever seen. hmm And somehow managed to only be the third worst team in the NFL that season. And now you've just lathered it up, and you're going to do the exact same thing over again. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. And and, and I have nothing against Lovey Smith. I think he's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. No people that watched what he did at Illinois, which, by the way, is one of the toughest college football jobs in America, still managed to get in talent. Guys that he recruited, there's a handful of them that are getting ready to go in this draft. Sure. And this is a guy that hadn't been in college in years. I'm not faulting him as a a coach. He's a fine coach. I just don't really understand how you're going to sell this.
1: And I don't really know how you're going to fix this. Yeah, At this point, you're just putting a team out there it's it almost sounds like the script to a movie like major league is what i think of remember how the owner just wanted to have a bad franchise i can't remember because i've never seen it. ted lasso that's the same story there the owner of the team wanted to get back at her husband so she just hired some goofball from america second verse same as the first yes i've never I seen that uh, we know you've never seen it but people who have seen those movies know exactly what i'm talking about and the houston texans kind of strike me as that. Uh, We are down to one now, correct? We're down to one job that We just don't know who it's going to be, but there's strong indication who it is. Plus, the Miami Dolphins made a hire over the weekend. We'll talk about that up next here on ESPN Asheville. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com.
4: I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis.
1: The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. It's ESPN, Asheville, Tank Spencer, and Jeremy Green here with you. And, of course, 3 o'clock hour, always brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. We have the third uncensored hour, the happy hour, as we like to call it. Musicocracy Monday coming up this evening, immediately after this program, about 5.05. We'll take it on, and we are doing the big reveal of the most overrated bands of all time, Bracket. 64 bands will enter. Only one will prevail as the suckiest of the great bands of all time. Because all of these bands, they belong somewhere in the history. We talk about this all the time with the Hall of Fame. Like, Can you tell the story of the sport without these guys? It's kind of a barometer for whether or not they make the Hall of Fame. I think each and every one of these bands, there's a point in time where you're going to mention these guys or gals in the pantheon of great bands of all time. Oh yeah, I mean there's
2: there's not any uh I'm trying to think of a really bad band that's not in this cuz the first three that came to my mind are all in it. <laughs> there's no Huey Lewis in the news in in this bracket.
1: Wait. Awful. Are you awful. Stop that. They're awful. Stop throwing shade at Huey Lewis. they're, they're awful.
2: <laughs> not just bad, but horror
1: awful right there's
2: none of that
1: there are so there are some of these bands that i that i'm going to use this phrase to be overrated you have to be rated first and some of them i don't feel like reach that reach that pinnacle like i mean you could end up with this is not one of our matchups but you could end up with a matchup of uh creed going up against My Chemical Romance and to me My Chemical Romance has got like two songs that are decent you gotta be rated to be overrated we left it up to the fans
2: the fans have spoken their bracket will be put out today
1: exactly uh that coming up in the third hour don't forget to go to the sportsocracy.com click on the live video link hit the subscribe button so you always know when our extra content comes out and you're going to want that because we've got seven round mock drafts uh for each and every team coming out this week On the channel. Jeremy sat down yesterday, spent all his time in his undies just pounding beers and... and, Zero beers.
2: Zero beers consumed during... Really?
1: None. I am shocked by that. That
2: that baffled people in the Discord as well. Did they? Zero alcoholic beverages consumed. Have to be on your A game. (laughs) Got news for you. When you start getting into pick 240, you
1: can't really get fuzzy. Mm. That's just not one of those things that one does not lead to the other all right so i mean that is that is something to look forward to the first task that jeremy green has accomplished without ingesting beers in probably three or four years so there's that i've never heard 10 pronounced that way but okay (laughs) all right let's get uh let's get uh, uh well uh wow this is this is a first this is a first. My, my just a bit outside uh, button has disappeared from my board. Well, this is wonderful. Uh, so live radio. It's it's live radio. Here we go. Uh, let, let's let's get weird. Let's do that.
0: On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville.
1: It's fine. I got to do the weird story anyway because it just means that I get to bring this out for for Jeremy anyway. Jeremy hates several things in the animal kingdom.
2: Uh, a lot of things.
1: Yes, they and, all
2: terrify me, especially if they can fly.
1: Right. Uh, he hates rodents of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, uh, I'm not pro rodent. He's not a rodent guy. I'm not pro rodent. He especially hates squirrels. Also a rodent. Uh, he especially hates flying squirrels. Yep, they can fly and they're a rodent. Anything that can fly he hates and that includes birds. And they're doing something with birds over in Sweden that I did not think was uh, was quite possible but there is a there is a new startup company over in Sweden that has figured out a way to train crows to pick up cigarette butts and dispose of them properly. They say that the crows are the smartest of the birds i don't know if you'd ever heard that jeremy but crows apparently have bigger brains than normal birds of course they are they're government drones they're surveillance <laughs> drones we have a series of them out here at radio range so, so the, this pilot program is uh it, it's called corvid cleaning not covid corvid cleaning and they are trying to Keep Sweden tidy it's part of the Keep Sweden Tidy Foundation and what they've done is they've set up these little boxes where the crows can go pick up cigarette butts off of the uh, off of the ground they fly back to this little receptacle they insert it in and they get a treat and that the crows apparently are better at learning this uh, habit than any other bird so crows are picking up all the cigarette butts in Sweden now. Or, or that's the attempt. Well,
2: at least they found something good for them to do other than surveil the people of Sweden. <laughs> very often in Don't Do Crimes, I say, or very often in uh, weird, weird yep. news, I say Don't Do Crimes. Yes. Yesterday, on a Georgia trail in a national forest, it appeared that someone had done crimes. The Jones County Sheriff Department responded to a call of a deceased body, in the woods well they got there and there was a body but it was not deceased uh, it was also not human it was a giant mannequin that had been dressed in its best i and i don't really know how to describe this other than i will guarantee you whoever's wardrobe this came out of right really likes nascar bushlight, and things of the of the of that realm okay they're calling this doll selena I don't know where they came up with that name, but if you've watched this show for any period of time, you know I talk about an ex that had a proclivity to put cigarettes out on my couch and, well, it looks like a dead ringer. Okay. They responded 14 cars deep because they thought this was a homicide, because somebody saw it off the trail and went, crimes! I see crimes! Right. They reported it. Well, they they got there and one of the sheriffs that responded in his pickup truck, they, they put the mannequin in the back and made it wave, <coughs> and told people on a Facebook post that whilst I'm not a real person, and it's been a long day, I'm okay. Wonderful. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of things people do that I don't really understand. Uh huh. I have never understood people that go to, like, Comic-Con. I, I don't understand getting in full costume to go places. I really don't understand people that own full-size mannequins. Why, why, why is that a thing that you can purchase? No good can come from that. You do understand that, right? Well, you're—I mean, I, yeah, I guess. If you're a seamstress, why does it have to be so lifelike? This thing is mortifying to me.
1: <laughs> does it look like it has actual skin? Yes. And all of that? It's
2: weird, and I don't. It has a tattoo. I think.
1: Oh no, that might be some brush. I don't know. It just,
2: <laughs> hey, I'm having flashbacks of days gone by. Just let me be
1: yeah if you're a person that ever has just a random mannequin laying around you you either a need to be in some kind of a performance troupe why? But what good know. will that do? I don't know maybe you need it for background. Maybe you need you know, you you wanna you're doing stage plays and you need to set up the you know a bustling street and you got people and mannequin, you know, mannequin people standing around. I don't know. Look, look this
2: is not as good as don't do crimes, but don't do dolls! Dolls are weird <laughs> <laughs> They have eyes, they look Oh,
1: especially ones oh, that look I real. Just, I
2: don't I don't like dolls. Right. I just don't I'm sure the people listening to this show think I am mortified of everything. I'm really not. It's just like four things that have a lot of tentacles. Uh-huh. Okay? I don't like dolls. I don't like vermin. And if it can fly, I'm terrified of it. That's it. But Good dolls on. are weird.
1: Dolls are very weird. There is there is no doubt about that. If you have dolls, you are a weird weird human or being. Or a child for children it's fine oh sure and even some of those are borderline terrifying but you
2: can't tell that to a child like (laughs) no sorry uh little Susie, your doll makes me horrified
1: at the sight of it right no you can't do that
2: just okay
1: Good lord (laughs) uh the nfl coaching carousel continues to spin and uh it was announced over the weekend that the miami dolphins have their next head coach it's gonna be Mike McDaniel, the little weird-looking guy, tiny guy with the glasses from the San Francisco 49 He is the smallest
2: head coach I've ever seen. I think Mike
1: McDaniel is five
2: foot seven. He weighs about one hundred and thirty-five pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> and but you know what? It might be, might be the best hire of the cycle.
1: I can I can get down with that.
2: Tua, we all know Tua Tagovailoa is limited, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think at this point that's even that's not even a spicy take
1: no he's going to need things around him so how do you make him more than he
2: is uh you got to give him a good running game little sleight of hand magic never heard a mediocre quarterback look at jimmy garoppolo yep been to a super bowl and multiple nfc championship games at this point do you think Tua a is more talented or less talented than jimmy garoppolo I still want to say more, but not by much. I'm going to say less, but not by much. Okay. This is the perfect hire. Miami said early in this process that the defense took enough steps, which, by the way, that's what good teams do. Mm-hmm. Hey, our, our team took strides, so we need to keep this part intact. It was the offense that was the problem. It's what happens when you have two offensive coordinators, but you know that's neither here nor there. Right. So you bring in a coach that does exactly what you need this shanahan offense we've seen this with multiple quarterbacks absolutely think back to washington when kyle shanahan was there by the way if you're a washington fan it should really bother you that you had 19 head coaches on your on your staff at one time no kidding And you still couldn't score
1: kyle shanahan sean McVay, mike mcdaniel who am i leaving out of that group that zach taylor uh yeah he was in on that group yeah they, uh, LaFle- they were all Matt there to LaFleur. get Matt
2: lafleur I think there were seven seven current head coaches that were on Washington's staff, and that team literally could not score. Mm -hmm. Still not sure I understand that. But so you bring in Mike McDaniel, who has this gimmicky offense. But I want you to think about something. And I've yet to hear anybody say this about Mike McDaniel. All right. What do the Jets, the Bills, and the New
1: England Patriots all have in common? Uh, they're all in the AFC East. <sighs> <laughs> they're, days. they're days. I win. I win. That's a thing. They ding. all have aggressive
2: blitzing defenses. Okay, yeah. What does Kyle Shanahan's offense do to, off- to defenses like that? Messes with them. Mm-hmm. Because it's sleight of hand magic. You can't completely trust what your eyes see. This is the perfect hire for the Miami Dolphins, and I've been saying it for weeks soon as day bowl was out this is the hire mm-hmm. i would probably have liked day bowl better than mike mcdaniel but not by much solely because of how long he's been in the league okay and now you have set yourself up to have a phenomenal rivalry with the new york jets
1: and i understand why you like this for Tua and his development you give him a running game all of that they're gonna obviously have to pound running back in the draft so if you're a miami you know.
2: dolphin fan you just rest assured you got a running back
1: pretty early
2: matter of fact i believe you were the first one to take a running back
1: right because i don't think that salvon ahmed and uh and wh- wh- who was the guy who what, what was it? miles gaskin and philip Lindsay. And do they still have patrick laird is he still hanging around
2: oh yeah they had a series of running malcolm backs.
1: brown and it, none of that is going to work you need a you need a star back that's what they know and that's exactly what is going to happen now mike mcdaniel's going to go out there and get you a guy who can run in his zone scheme and I, you know,
2: I get why you like it. They, they also have a slew of offensive linemen that fit this scheme tremendously. In this scheme, you want athletic linemen that can pull in space. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what I said about Austin Jackson when he came out? Mm-hmm. Uh, that. yep, Liam Eikenberg, one of the h- biggest humans I've ever seen that could do that. Robert Hunt. You, you remember his flipping upside down touchdown catch that didn't count? There's nothing to not like about this. Nothing. And, and that's coming from a Jets fan. I would love to bang on this. I
1: can't. Yeah. I can't. Would you not have rather had somebody who might be geared more toward developing Tua, though, no. as. Okay. No, because I know what he is. He's a limited athletic
2: quarterback. I don't care who you bring in there, mm-hmm. Josh McDaniel, who somehow has become the quarterback whisperer, and I don't understand that. <laughs> you do realize that's the same guy that drafted Tim Tebow, right? And went, "I could, I could make you a quarterback," right? No, uh, Bill Walsh couldn't have made him a quarterback. You think
1: you really think that was his call oh, more absolutely than Elway? I do.
2: Absolutely, I, there is no way that one of the greatest arms in the history of the NFL looked at Tim Tebow and went. We're, I mean, frankly, do that.
1: I get confused that he's me sometimes. <laughs> but that's been the knock on John Elway is that why, why hasn't he been able to land a quarterback uh, when he was in that GM spot, vice president, president, whatever his job title kept fluctuating too with the Denver Broncos. That was always a knock on him. I don't, I don't know. I... To me, Mike McDaniel is going to uh, is just go- is another step to the Miami Dolphins taking a step closer to the top of the AFC East.
2: and I'm going to be honest with you, and what I'm getting ready to say is not going to be real popular, okay and I'm fine with that. I love hires like this. Mike McDaniel, I don't think ever played one snap of football in his entire life.
1: No, he's too small. he's just a widow feather. Well, so how did he get here? He grinded Mm -hmm. on tape.
2: He was a a quality control assistant with the Houston Texans the year I graduated high school Mm -hmm. and has just grinded. I look at coaches like this and go, for you to have gotten here with absolutely no prior playing experience, no connections, no anything, you're going to be pretty bright. Oh, yeah. At worst, you're going to be pretty bright. It's guys like Mike Vrabel that I look at and go, you're going to have to prove something to you. Now he has. Mike Vrabel has served to be a very good head coach. Yes. Made some <clears throat> questionable <laughs> decisions that still make my head hurt. But when you see a guy that has nothing, he came into this league and got to this point literally on the sweat of his brow, blood, sweat, and tears. Very few of those guys fail. They may not be Super Bowl winning head coaches. Very few of them fail. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Miami's got the lo- got a lot to look forward to, and and now we're just down to one. We're down to one job that is undecided because Minnesota's already said they're waiting on Kevin O'Connell, so they're going to wait until the Super Bowl's over this week, and that leaves the New Orleans Saints.
2: Oh, let me. Uh, are...
1: Can you hit the breaking news button? Because I can tell you exactly who this is going to
2: be. Who's gonna break the news? Ha. Timmy. Who's
3: going to break the news? Who's going
1: to break the news? Did you just go Timmy? Did you go full South Park right I mean, there? I did say Timmy, but it, it, it sounded like Timmy. I was saying tell me, but it came out they weird. They just went up. full South Park. <laughs> Timmy.
2: Dennis Allen's getting his job. Really? Yeah, Dennis Allen's getting his job. I, wh- what is
1: taking them so long? I have absolutely no idea. But wait, despite the fact that they spent eight hours
2: with Eric B. Enemy yesterday? They did. But everything I've heard out of New Orleans is going. To hire, they're going to hire Dennis Allen. Okay, I'm not sure, and, and I'm reading tea leaves here. Nobody has directly told me what I'm going to say. I don't think I, Eric Bieniemy liked their plan. I have been told you could see Eric Bieniemy remove his name from consideration before this day is over. Okay, because I don't think he liked the fact that he was going to get his shot as a head coach mm-hmm. and be tied to Taysom Hill.
1: Who would? Who would like but, for that the situation?
2: Of course you did. Because I fully believe New Orleans needs somebody that's offensive. That defense, I think I could coordinate it and be top 10 in the league.
1: You might be right. I also look at this though and go with all of the turmoil that's stacked against whoever comes in to take this job, part of me goes why would Eric Bieniemy really want it anyway? It's got. I said that when
2: they first announced they were going to interview him. Like, if I'm Eric Bienemy, you better give me a ten year deal because it's going
1: to take me about four to fix this offense. Right? Because I'm 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 killed against the salary cap. I I you know I have aging weapons. I got a disgruntled wide receiver. My my running back currently is in a is Las in jail. Vegas jail uh don't do crimes yeah don't. just don't do crimes
2: here's my question how was he allowed to play in the pro bowl yesterday so he gets arrested right after the pro bowl how nope. did
1: nobody go maybe we should not
2: let him put on a uniform
1: <laughs> did he tell anybody about it did anybody know well apparently the
2: las vegas police department was just sitting outside the stadium waiting on him to come out
1: mm-hmm. well, i'm not gonna say so anything.
2: somebody knew I, i'm still dumbfounded by that
1: right it's oh the pro bowl it's jeremy's i'm mad by the way coming up later on in the program it is uh it's 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 a travesty it's an absolute travesty of a joke you got picks coming up tonight green on green how's it i mean did you have a rough one friday was okay it was it was not
3: good oh
1: the hornets peed in my punch bowl
2: and mm. guess what i'm going back to the well
1: yes green on green the picks of the night coming up next right here on espn Asheville.
0: all right people it's valentine's day everything has to be perfect here, at Ingalls we know that not every valentine's day is four-star perfection with string quartets and swanky restaurants
4: my boyfriend bought me flowers
0: that it's not the money you spend or the elaborate lengths you go to. Happy Valentine's Day. It just has to come from the heart. Ingalls, we're with you every step of the way.
2: Coffee's the closers home Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power.
0: That watch costs more than your car. Then
2: when you get the power, then you get the woman. A one in three Friday night has left me at 43. 43. And two against the spread for the year. Wow. Four picks tonight in the NBA. First one, the Phoenix Suns are an eight-point favorite tonight at the Chicago Bulls. If Vegas keeps putting lines on them that are this dumb, I'm going to keep hammering them. I don't care that this game's in Chicago. Did you possibly see what Joel Embiid just did to the Chicago Bulls? It was an evisceration. You know why? Because they can't currently stop anybody that's above about 6'6". Well, DeAndre Ayton fits that. He's not as good as Joel Embiid and is not as good away from the basket. Plenty for me. Give me the Suns minus the eight. Our Charlotte Hornets are a two-point dog tonight against the Toronto Raptors. This is a buy low, sell high situation. The Raptors have been on a tear. Charlotte's been on a bit of a slide. This game's in Charlotte. Toronto's been great on the road. With Gordon Hayward back, I think this team is going to find its stride. They're much better defensively with Hayward on the floor. I think you'll see it bear out tonight. Give me the Hornets plus the two. Finally, the Miami Heat are a six-point favorite tonight at the Washington Wizards. The over-under is 207. Jimmy Butler may not play in this game, and that is the only reason this line is where it is. Uh, Bradley Beal is certainly not playing for the Wizards, and that team without him is poopy. Give me the Miami Heat minus the six, but the part I love, 207's too high. Give me under the 207.
0: Go and do likewise, gents. money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for
1: you. And do not forget to take all those wagers over to BetUs.com. BetUS.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY. And you get a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in, up to $2,500. Go to BetUs.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY.
2: If I keep wagering Charlotte Hornet games, eventually, eventually I have to get one
1: right. Eventually you'll get it right. Law
2: of averages says...
1: It's like flipping a coin. You keep calling heads, eventually it's going to be heads. (laughs) You know what they say about the definition of insanity, correct? Look, that team without Gordon Hayward is
2: just not very good. He changes
3: everything. Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't buy Toronto. I never have. I know they've been really good on the road. They're really scrappy. Van Vliet's been good. I still just look at that team and go, that is the weirdest assembly of parts I think I've ever seen. Right. And there's nobody that can really kill them down low, which is somewhere that, that Charlotte just gets rampaged. I don't know if you saw that. I can't remember who it was now. Somebody dunked on Mason Plumlee a couple nights ago. Ooh, he should have just gone home. Like, just take him out, let him go to the locker room, get dressed, and go home. We need a big man. We need a big man. Well, there's several available, uh, mostly from the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. After they just dealt Caris Levert. There's a teardown coming, though. I'd, I'd love to have Demontitus Sabonis in Charlotte. Uh, Don't know if we can make that work. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. So good luck with that.
1: Yeah. Speaking of big men, Jeremy and I are getting healthier for 2022, and uh, we're trying to be not as big of men as we have been. We're having great success on the program. And, Jeremy, uh, I, I, I got to hear the final, the, 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 the final word from your weekend uh, weigh in. Well, it, it didn't quite go my way, oh. but went and had my session with PhD on
2: Saturday, and we have got a plan for the week that will get me back on track. No judgment like you get in other dietary plans. This was just, hey. You know, things happen. Let's do it this way this week. Get back on track.
1: Yep. And see, that's exactly what they do. They're there to help you through the process of losing and burning that unwanted fat. Um, They give you all the tools to succeed. They'll give you 80% of the food that you need. And again, it's no judgment zone. We can't change what's in the past. We can only worry about moving forward. You want that kind of experience? You need to get with the folks at PhD Weight Loss. Go to uh, myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. It's the first of our matchup on matchup coverage here throughout the week we're going to talk about the rams offense going up against the cincinnati bengals defense and of course we'll do the reverse of that coming up in the four o'clock hour tomorrow also in the uh, second hour look forward to jeremy's tidbits from the senior bowl he's got winners and losers
2: there were not a
1: lot of losers there were a few there
2: were some huge winners huge winners one that you know maybe didn't have the greatest game you've ever seen,
1: had a really good week, and he's from very close to here. Absolutely, we got a uh, we got a slam bang finish for you coming up in the second hour of the program, and don't forget about the uh, of course the uncensored third hour, the happy hour today. It is a musicocracy Monday where we will be revealing our bracket of the most overrated bands. Of all time. And we've got 64 on it. We're going to have uh, social media contests. You're going to be able to vote, and you choose. This ain't just going to be us. No,
2: literally every matchup in this bracket will be decided on our social media. So if there is a band that you love, feel free to share out the matchup. Get your friends to vote with you. But at the end of this, we are going to crown the unequivocal, most overrated band in the history of music and i firmly believe it should be the beatles
1: oh stop that it's not the beatles it's not even close i've actually i've already done my bracket projection have you done that yet i uh, have and i already and, and i'm gonna be honest oh, with you Oh, i know how he's 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 already he's already decided it. i i
2: i there's a band that it's not the beatles there oh, is good. a band that has a duke level run through the tournament that will put them squarely in the final four without really any problem yeah And I
1: don't see how they're not going to win
2: it. I really don't.
1: (laughs) All right. We will, uh, of course, have all that coming your way here in the Sportsocracy. Don't forget to go to thesportsocracy.com, Click on that live video link. Hit the subscribe button. That'll get you in the chat as well. Second hour is coming up next. Uh, First, we get the Sports Center update. He's a degenerate gambler.
0: You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy.
1: Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. And welcome back in to the Sportsocracy Hour 2 right here in the Ingalls studio on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. And of course, the Sportsocracy heard everywhere live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app and seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to the sportsocracy.com click on that live video link and subscribe to the channel. So, you can get in on the chat and have fun with us. Jeremy will, you know, he'll use animal references that may not be, you know, safe for for others. I may not be able to say them into this microphone. That <laughs> I mean, I can't say them in the chat. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl week. The, uh, tonight is opening night. It's opening night. They've got all of the, the, the media availability for the Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams players all beginning tonight. Seven days
2: of commercial filled
1: football and uh, oh the commercials the commercials are already starting to leak out commercial watch 2022 i just don't
2: care i don't even kind of that's one of those things that people oh what'd you think of the commercials i don't know i was in the potty yeah i I I was watching the game uh, when the commercials happen that is the time that i go to the refrigerator or the bathroom
1: yeah seven million dollars now for a 30 second spot at the super bowl it's that's crazy to that's, me
2: that's it's a lot
1: it's a whole lot of money but with the numbers that the nfl playoff games have been pulling in you can bet that's going to be even higher number next year oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're going to have 150 million people watch this game and i have been shocked i've been shocked at some of the reactions to the to the matchup that we have there are more people in that you know football fans in general that are upset about the matchup that we have in the super bowl than i ever thought there would be why would you i don't understand why you would be upset by the i don't either this is tremendous they're great stories on either side of the ball somebody asked me yesterday we went down to elevation church and we were hanging out and one of my buddies uh came up to me and he was like what do you think about the what do you think about the super bowl Uh, who are you pulling for i said i really don't know oh i know exactly. because part of me wants to see cincinnati win it for cincinnati fans and then the other side of me goes, I'm gonna have to put up with my wife if Matt Stafford loses, because that's her favorite player. Was when he was at Georgia and okay, I I gotta want good things for Matthew. You you Georgia people have gotten enough this year,
2: okay? <laughs> All right. I can tell you exactly what I'm rooting for. <laughs>
1: the cincinnati Bengals. just because you want you want them to pound it home you've never been or will ever be as wrong about a team as you are this year ever in the history of time right between the two of us we had them in a combined three wins this year preseason and now they're in the super bowl and one of the things that has led them to this point is what i feel is a very underrated defense and not only the defensive personnel are overrated as a whole, but they're coaching. I mean, in the last four weeks, their second-half adjustments have shut down Patrick Mahomes twice and befuddled the Raiders and the Titans. They have, and I'm going to be really honest with you. I have broken
2: down why that is, and there is going to be a battle of wills in this game that I haven't heard anybody talk about. Okay. Just because i'm curious in the playoffs what do you think the qbr of quarterbacks in the first half has been against this bengal's defense
1: um i'm gonna guess 62 uh 69 okay what That's do you think close. it is in
2: the second half
1: or overdone well i know it's got to be it's got to be way less so uh, i mean is it like 30 something it's nine.
2: Nine. It's nine. wow now conversely what is matthew stafford's qbr in
1: the fourth quarter this season oh in the fourth quarter all season um 67
2: 83.4 highest in the nfl really so here you're going to have a convergence of things happening cincinnati figures you out as time goes on you Mm -hmm. just watched them do it to pat mahomes absolutely pat mahomes eviscerated them at times in the first half what did they do in the second half to fix that? Because it was real simple. There was no higher-level adjustment. It was, well, let's try this. And then it worked, and mm-hmm. they just kept doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you talking about them dropping eight? They stopped rushing him.
2: They stopped rushing him. Mm-hmm. Still got home, but they stopped sending extra, extra blitzers. Because quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes, they watch that, especially if it's a delay blitz. But if it's a blitz that you tip before the before the ball snapped, he knows that's coming, and that's what he picked him apart with in the first half. So they just stopped.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Now there is a there's a blessing and a curse to this. Matthew Stafford historically has not been great against teams that do that. Okay, except this year. Really? Cover one and cover three are the predominant coverages you see from the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks in the NFL have been better against those two coverages than Matthew Stafford? One. Uh, you want to uh, hear the list again? Oh, none. Uh, it's zero. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be a great test of wills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to give a little bit of an advantage to the Rams. But I I could argue this is the best set-up team to stop what the Rams do that they played all year. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing, the teams that the Rams have lost to all year, you know what they do really well? What? Get pressure with four. Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, San Francisco 49ers twice, Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. They all get pressure with four. Cincinnati in these playoffs has gotten pressure with four. Sam Hubbard has been pro bowl level in these playoffs.
1: Well, hell, against Kansas City, they were getting pressure with three. They had three and the spy, and they were getting after it. Now, obviously, I don't think you're going to need a spy for this game. Uh, Matthew no. Stafford's Matthew not going Stafford anywhere. Matthew
2: Stafford, in a foot race, would lose to a bar of soap. <laughs> right. So, eh, not too worried about that.
1: Right. I mean, he is as athletic as the uh, as the Statue of Liberty. Correct. So, you're not going to need the spy in this one. So, you can, I think I, I think everything's opened up for, how do you say his name? Lou Amoroso? A- Amor- Amoruso? Uh, no, you're adding a syllable.
2: Am I? Uh, it's Anarumo. Anarumo. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm really bad at pronouncing names in case you haven't figured that out. I don't even try. Right. That's why I have a philosophy. If you want me to say it that way, spell it that way.
1: But I mean, we'll just, we'll just, for the, for the purpose of this conversation, call him Lou. Lou's been doing a fantastic job of making those second half adjustments and he's been doing it pretty much all year long. It's just really stuck out. In the last four games, since week 17, of being able to put the clamps on some of the best offenses in the NFL. And you just have to look at the
2: way Cincinnati defensively is set up. They have a high-level playmaker at all three levels. Jesse Bates is as good a safety as there is in the NFL. No doubt. That's not new information. Now, he's been better in this system than he ever, than he had ever been before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not new. And I would argue that one of the things that I have always valued to mess with Matthew Stafford is showing him something that's not coming. If you can get him to start second-guessing what he's seeing, that's when he unravels. Mm-hmm. Now, Cincinnati does not do a ton of that. A ton of show blitz and bail out. right? Or show nothing and then send blitzers from everywhere. But I don't think you have to. If Sam Hubbard plays at the level he's played at in these playoffs, I have absolutely no fear of this this, this Rams line. No. Because you got Trey Hendrickson on the other side that's going to be productive. That's why you paid him the money. I was wrong. I thought he was a product of New Orleans. You I've been do. on the other side of Cam Jordan Well, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal high-end pass rusher. But what nobody talks about is DJ Reader and BJ Hill on the inside. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that when you have two ends like that that, that just – bear down the way those two do. The way to beat that delays, draws, screen passes. Those two have allowed none of that. And one of the things that not a lot of people talk about, and I said this in the preseason, and it has bared itself out all year long. Sean McVay does not want to throw the ball 40 times. That's not not his mission statement. Everybody thinks that this Rams team is so Mm high-flying and, oh, they just throw it all.
1: No, they don't. No, they don't. It's a myth. What, what 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 is there? Do you have the breakdown in front of you, of percentage? Because I, we and we talked about this in the preseason. Is that everybody's got this misconception? And I think up until the beginning of this year, it was something like, I, I want to say it was like eighty percent of the time they ran the ball more than other teams in the NFL.
2: I have the breakdown, but
1: right, my computer is just sitting here, and that, and that's fine. Uh, you know, we we don't necessarily need that. I just. For all that they've been through this year with the running back room for the LA Rams they've never they've never stopped running the ball. It didn't matter if it was Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson and now that Cam Akers is back, he adds a new fold in there and it's 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 a team that you should be scared of. It's a 60 40 split 60 40 okay but Matthew
2: Stafford is not a play-action quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't see the, the the run game of the Rams being any form of issue for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I don't either. I, d- I don't. If you And that's one of the stats that I look at in this game. and tell. If you could tell me, how many yards do the Rams run for in this game? And I can make it about as simplistic as humanly possible. They rush for over 100 yards, they're probably going to win this game. Mm-hmm. They rush for less than 100 yards. I would say the Bengals probably win this game. If they cannot find a way to attack them in the run game, and you can understand, the Bengals have two of the best run stuffers in this league in the middle of that defense. Mm-hmm. If they can't find a way to do that and it becomes this easy to figure out what they're doing, there is no play action with Matthew Stafford. He, if I'm not, and don't quote me on the stat because I don't remember the exact percentage. If I'm not mistaken, he runs play action less than any quarterback in the NFL. And it's by a drastic margin. Yeah. You take out all the guesswork. And so now it just becomes hat on a hat. Be really honest with yourself. How many players for the Rams are you legitimately
1: worried about? Oh, I mean, I'm worried about Matthew. I'm worried about... I'm talking about the weapons. Oh, you're... Yeah, yeah. I'm worried about Cooper Cup. There's one. Worried about OBJ. I'm not really worried about Odell Beckham. Why not? I'm not. I'm just not. Man, he's come on lately.
2: And I understand that too easy to mitigate mm-hmm. if you look at how he has hurt teams i have the great elixir to that right over the top
1: jesse with jesse bates. bates yeah
2: i have the great elixir to that now does that mean cooper cup's gonna get me yeah it does it, it absolutely and does. what are
1: you gonna do about tyler higby
2: i'm not overly worried about it to really be no
1: okay no
2: i'm not if if, if i was from a strategic standpoint Game planning this out, I'm going to stop Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup. uh, yeah, I'm going to throw Mike Hilton on him and hope for the best. (laughs) Try to keep him in front of me. Right. But the one thing I don't think Cincinnati can do is try to go single high, of which they run single high more than practically any team in the NFL. I don't think that's going to work for you. But as I dug into the numbers and I dug into the film on this, I think the cover three numbers are misleading. Okay. A lot of the time when Matthew Stafford has been able to attack that, it's been against teams that aren't good at it. San Francisco. How often does San Francisco run three high? It's a lot. Don't know. It's a lot, mm-hmm. and he was not particularly good against them two of the three times. Right. Now, did he have success doing it? Yeah. Yeah, he did. But not against teams that run it as much as Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think there is more of an advantage for the Bengals when their defense is on the field than people want to
1: let them. Okay. I mean, it's, it's hard to say that because you see the star power. You see mm-hmm. the star power and you see the names that we're used to on the other side. And you go, man, the Rams just have it this year. We have talked about over and over. They've gone all in. They got all the, all the weapons that they possibly could find. The brought in OBJ. And in the last, what, I think he scored six games in a row. Is that right? Odell Beckham Jr. scored six games in a row. There's just something to this offense now where Matthew, Matthew Stafford has all of the options available to him, and they've been running the ball well. And my question is, can the Bengals get after him? The Rams, the Rams statistically are the number one pass blocking line in the NFL. And there's one thing that has gotten them
2: a good number of times. And Scott Cutchall, our resident Cincinnati Bengals fan, Mm -hmm. just said it. Mike Hilton's one of the best blitzing corners in this league coming out of that slot position. You know what's messed with the Rams more than once this year? Blitzing a corner out of the slot. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do it a lot
1: to alter the way they call the offense. Yeah, you just got to make them uneasy. Mm-hmm.
2: This is not something you have to do routinely. You just have to show them you're willing to do it, and it will start to change things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mike Hilton, to me, is the X factor on this defense because he's going to be tasked with Cooper Cup. And I, th- I could easily see a path that he's tasked with being the blitzer off the end that if he can get home a time or two, might force a turnover. Might be what mm-hmm. changes the game.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Matt Stafford is one of the one of the worst quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. When it comes to just getting so close and then making the play that's going to ruin it for you. And this year has been different. This year, as you said, in the fourth quarter, he's best in the league. Is not even close. QBR fourth quarter. He's made big comebacks. You know, the Tampa game. Comes and, back that's to the, mind. and that's the thing
2: that would scare me mm-hmm. is that he's been so good in the fourth quarter. That's been the home run swing for the Cincinnati defense. Mm-hmm. I could see a path. I'm not tell, Won't make a pick on this game till Friday until we pick it with uh, Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Right. I could see a path where early in this game you see one of those rare exotic blitzes from Cincinnati. They get home. Stafford makes the mistake. And now you're playing from behind. And that's not where L.A. wants to be. Yeah, You do not want this ball in Matthew Stafford's hands with five minutes to go to win this game. Mm-hmm. Because I, if you told me going in that that's how this would go, I would favor Cincinnati by a pretty drastic margin. This is not Tampa Bay who's going to leave the dead center wide open. Right. That's not happening. Mm-mm. That play is not coming. That heroic, oh, who had Cooper Cup. I don't feel like we're going to say that in this game. And it is alarming
1: to me how many times Matthew Stafford has needed that to win games. Yep. He's needed some lucky breaks. Chuck G in the comments asks, who's going to block Von Miller and uh, Aaron Donald? Well, that's a great question that we will answer tomorrow in the 4 o'clock hour. We will start off with our uh, with our Bengals offense against the Rams defense. We're and it's a end- tremendous question. Right, it is a tremendous question. We are going to uh, lay out each one of the big matchups coming up for you each and every day leading up to the big day. And, of course, we'll cap it all off on Friday where we will be playing Beat the Chief with Asheville Police Chief David Zach for the last game of the year. And... He's going to be in Vegas. He is, or I mean, in, uh, Los, in, Angeles. in Los Angeles. Sorry, yeah. I, I had Vegas on my mind. Yeah. He's going to be in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. He so... will be our on uh, on-site correspondent. That's right for the Super Bowl. That's right. So we will do that uh coming up later on in the week. Each and every matchup will be touched on. Don't you worry your pretty little heads about it. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk some Senior Bowl. Jeremy did the live stream yesterday with David Smith of Armchair Commentary. You should give him a follow online. Um, Where they did the live reactions to the Senior Bowl, he will have all of the winners and the losers for you coming up next, as well as the five on it plays of the night.
4: Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I've created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia, served with provolone, white American, or cheese Whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses, available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house-made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll egg and cheese or house-cured lox. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli, in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Andersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday.
0: At Ingalls, we know the ever-present struggle of, what am I going to make for dinner this week? That's why we started the Ingalls Table. It's a website that brings the best chefs and food experts right into your kitchen. You can sort through hundreds of recipes for every occasion, watch how-to videos, and print shopping lists to take to the store. It's all waiting for you at ingalls-markets.com. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. The sportsocracy.
2: That is some good clean family fun there, eh, Kai? Right, you are
1: NTSPN Asheville, Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green with you. The sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, seen everywhere on the YouTube. Just uh, go on the internet. The interwebs go to the YouTubes and check out the sportsocracy. Yep, there, was <laughs> annoying after one, it was real annoying by the third one. Uh, we will be doing the happy hour, the third hour of the program today is the musicocracy Monday. And yes, we will be revealing our bracket. I'm so excited about this 64 bands. Who's the most overrated band of all time? Now, you got to remember. This is not like, oh, who's who's my favorite? Like, who's my favorite? Who had better songs? No, this is who's more overrated. So, if you're, you know, take, for instance, the Beatles. The Beatles had so many number one hits, but Jeremy just does not believe that they had the greatest band of all time, which most people believe that they are. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Um... I'm gonna. We we revealed seeds last week, but I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna reveal any seeds. I'm just gonna read some bands here for you. Some of the ones that wound up on the list. We have, of course, Nickelback, Creed. They had to be on here. But we've got other it, Smashing Pumpkins. That name got said a lot. A lot of times. in the uh, in in the process here. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's on the list. Aerosmith, which is sacrilege in my opinion. Nah. Come I, on! I agree with that one too. the The Beach Boys?
2: That that one's awful. Stop! If that. they get knocked off in the if if somehow they don't make it through the first
1: round, I will mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I mean, you guys can make fun of me all you want to. Uh, liking the Beatles doesn't necessarily make me an old man. It makes me a an an an, an aficionado yeah, in good music. kind of makes
2: you an old man, just a little
1: bit. <laughs> Look, it's fine. And again, this is not like we're just throwing shade saying these bands are crap. It's just, are they overrated or are they not? Is one more overrated than the other? We have the full 64 band bracket coming up for you in the third hour on thesportsocracy.com. Again, click on the live video link and don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you get all of our content including what's coming later on this week, which is each and every team's seven-round mock draft. Jeremy sat alone,
3: not drinking. I wasn't, drinking, I wasn't
1: not... <laughs> Oh, excuse me. He sat at home working on his mock draft, shouting at his, his computer at times, I'm sure. And, yeah. and, 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 and HWA had to sit there and endure all of this.
2: She, and she did. She like, didn't
1: even. She didn't even fake sick well, and like. I ah, mean, oh, I gotta leave. Or I'm gonna
2: be honest with you. You know, this is her. This is her fourth draft miss. <laughs> and at this point, she's just. You know, I mean, does she love it? No, probably not. Has she become resigned to the fact that she's marrying the greatest nerd in the history of time that just gets obsessed with hand size and forty times and shuttle drills? Yeah. 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 It just.
1: It. It is what it is. It is it is what it is i love that the conversation's already starting in the chat too steven tallow says the beatles have their own serious channel creed doesn't have that and they and, and you know what creed should creed should well, have their shouldn't. own serious channel yeah same five songs over and over and over no and that's over. nickelback that's you heard you heard nickelback. i said creed it's the same it's the same nah, band they're nah. the exact same band nah creed has some bangers Creed has some bangers that don't get any respect. Nickelback had way more bangers than Creed did. Not even close. Oh, yeah.
2: Zero. Nickelback had zero bangers. There was never a time in my life that I went, Crank that up, it's Nickelback!
1: That never happened, (laughs) not one time. Oh, but Jeremy would stand there just, With arms wide open. Uh, Yes, I would. Oh. Higher. Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. It was fun for a year.
2: Scott Stapp, the voice of a generation.
1: Oh, my gosh it was fun for a year and then John Delong comes back with uh, the Beatles are as overrated as 1996 picks of Selma Hayek in a bikini I don't know what's overrated about Selma Hayek but uh, that, that was sarcasm okay. apparently you don't understand sarcasm okay well. I, I- I thought he was another one throwing shade because I feel like all, all I've been getting is shade from no. you people about the Beatles. He's been defending the Beatles okay, for days. Okay, thank you.
2: There's been a lot of
1: defense of the Beatles. Thank you. Then, yes, I am on board with you because there is nothing overrated about that woman. But overrated bands of all time. The bracket coming up uh, on the third hour of today's program. Only available on the YouTube stream. Now, now, let's get just a bit outside. Boy, you must be outside your mind.
0: The sportsocracy,
1: just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. The Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday in LA, and you know there's going to be a lot of people in town. We just talked about in the last segment, teased that we're going to be talking with Asheville Police Chief David Zach. He, uh, he, and uh, and Clarissa are all going to be uh, over in LA, going to the Super Bowl. They bought their tickets thinking that the Buffalo Bills were going to be there. I'm sure they'll still have a great time. I'm sure L.A. is a cool place to hang out. It's just, you know, the stadium's not in the nicest of neighborhoods. It's in Englewood. And Englewood is a pretty dangerous area. Has been for years and years and years. Now, while the area has been cleaned up a little bit, it's still a problem. And a former gang member in LA uh, took to social media this weekend to warn people about coming in for the Super Bowl. It had a lot of useful tips like hey if you're going on the if, if you're going on uh, I-10 or whatever it is, do, get in the left-hand lane cuz it goes faster for some right reason we don't lane. know why. What whatever it was. The right-hand
2: lane goes faster than the fast lane.
1: Right. Don't know why, but just little helpful t- tips like that. And then he gets into the more serious stuff of hey by the way you know you don't want to rent a car you don't have to pay for parking which is like four thousand dollars or right gas now.
2: which is five dollars a gallon
1: right or gas you want to you want to try to uber which is still going to cost you out the wazoo oh for uh, that. The, the projection on that's five hundred dollars a mile just so you know five hundred dollars oh a mile wow i mean well with the ticket prices the way they are I mean, I, I feel like that's, that's only for the elite of the elites anyway, because I'm cheaper than dirt. But he also says, don't forget that Englewood's not in the best of neighborhoods. He says, you can look away from the, you know, from the gentrification that has happened in that area, but this is still the hood and don't go sightseeing in this neighborhood because the movies and the TV shows, all right. it is still that bad it may not be as bad as it was back in the 90s but that area is still very very bad and don't come down here flashing your uh flashing your gold chains and all that kind of stuff i mean we saw what happened to one guy outside sofi stadium last week if you ain't been following that story somebody got beat unconscious and i thought this one this one was weird too like Apparently, some of the local gangs in L.A. have adopted, like, pro sports logos as their own. I didn't know this. But, like, if you see people walking around down there wearing Houston Astros stuff, they're not Astros fans. Like, that's apparently a sign in that neighborhood. So, just helpful tips from your friendly former gang member. My story
2: comes from Kansas there are many things that will get you kicked out of arenas at this point in America. Yep. In certain places, not wearing a mask. They mm-hmm. will throw you out for that. hmm uh, Boo! Booing! Which I still maintain is the stupidest thing that people do. Well, they kick you out for booing? In certain places. Well, a high school in Kansas just set the high water mark. They ejected several students at a high school basketball game on Tuesday night. And the reason... Because they chanted airball when one of the opponents airballed a free throw. What? That's actually what that's called. Uh-huh. That is what it was. A school administrator just came up and told us it was time to go and we needed to get out, said ejected student Chris Daniel. I understand what they're trying to do and enforce the rules so it's a friendly environment, but at the same time, I think there needs
1: to be some change. Oh, absolutely.
2: So now you can't. So you you can't chant airball
1: well it, i that's, mean because you might hurt the feelings of the opposing team oh well that's <laughs> just sad that would
2: it would just be awful you know maybe if it, it would encourage you to hit the rim right Ugh.
1: wow now you can't chair chant airball in some Ugh. stadiums yeah that's that's insane I mean i feel like we've gone too far
2: oh uh, absolutely we have a
1: hundred percent gone too far like when you when you can't look at someone and go no that wasn't the way to do that yeah that's we're we're in a we're in a bad way as a society so they kicked out the whole student section for chanting. not the whole it was just a
2: series of of Mm. students that chanted that
1: was that the only thing that they said yes
2: really and the the school board the athletic association board said that that will not be tolerated in any of our gymnasiums. And if you do it, we will kick you out. Wow. It apparently flies in the face of their sportsmanship
1: mm. uh, clause. Mm. No heckling. That's exactly that's, what that's we all heckling. want from our, fra- from Just, our fans.
2: I'm going to modify a phrase that I love. That I, I usually say this about running the ball. Yeah. Just
1: hit the damn rim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not that hard. Right you know but look what? it's a very large rim i'm not saying you have to make it just right okay wasn't good at much in life but i'm a pretty good free throw shooter right you know just let the kids be kids that's what i don't get i just I, we, we we hide under this veil of sportsmanship okay there are bad sportsmanship things i got news for you as somebody that played quite a bit of basketball in my life if you airball a free throw ask me how i know this because i saw me do it more than once mm-hmm. your teammates are gonna let you know much more loudly than anybody in the uh surrounding areas no doubt like hey
1: okay you can miss it but hit the rim i mean i can un- rebound it i can understand if the t- if the fans are chanting something you know awful oh if you're or- being obscene then right. i get it right they said airball like said like somebody posted this on Twitter earlier today I don't know if it was the anniversary of it or what but like remember when the Duke students were chanting at um, oh uh, the New York the uh, NC State Point guard whose grandma had just died and they were chanting how's your grandma at him like that I understand you kick people out for that stuff chanting air bowl? that's ridiculous over the weekend we had the senior bowl all of the uh well not all of them but a lot of dudes participated in this senior bowl that probably normal year wouldn't have participated
2: i'm not so sure i would go there you just don't have the high level you don't have the no doubt top 10
3: guys Mm i
1: mean you got three this is a three man
2: draft once
1: you get to four it becomes beauties in the eye of the beholder so it's you said that earlier in the program it's Kayvon thibodeau it's uh aiden hutchinson and is Evan Neal? Evan Neal, he's the third one, mm-hmm. no doubter.
2: Those are the three that pretty much universally everybody agrees they're going to be high end starters to to really good impact players. Mm-hmm. There's a There's a narrative going around right now that there are some teams that are down on Kayvon Thibodeau because he's got a There's a motor issue and there's some bad tape and he disappears. I get that. Some people really didn't like the tape of Aiden Hutchison against Georgia, which I don't think anybody did. But at the end of the day, there's still two no doubter pass rushers. Worst case scenario for those two, they're two down pass rushers that are havoc players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them may be able to hold up against the run. It wouldn't shock me. And yeah, Thibodeau's got some motor issues at times. But still, it's, it's pretty much universally regarded that every team in the NFL's one, two, three are or some order of Evan Neal. Uh, offensive tackle out of alabama Kate thibodeau the edge rusher from oregon and aiden hutchinson the the edge rusher from michigan
3: okay
1: so this weekend at the senior bowl who did themselves wonderful favors who's do you have an overall winner of the guy on, who
2: did the most i have one on offense one on defense okay uh the one on offense is trevor penning he is an offensive tackle from northern iowa that could also substitute for a door because he is a gigantic human being. Mm-hmm. He mauled people all week long. I went back and watched the tape from practices. It was comical at times.
1: It looked like small children running up against grown men. <laughs> which is which is weird because you don't normally expect that from a guy who's at Northern Iowa.
2: I can almost guarantee you he ends up going in the top 20 after this week. Okay, uh, In my initial mock draft, I have him in the top 15. The one that's coming out this week, he's in the top 15. I'm not going to tell you where he went. Mm-hmm. You'll have to check out the team-by-team team videos. Check out your team. It's all going to be all over the YouTube. It'll be everywhere. You won't be able to get away from it. Mm-hmm. If
1: we do that on purpose. And I remember this guy was on your Chase Claypool list. He was. He was I, I this kid. Right. If like, he had
2: played at, at – I'm going to be honest with you about Trevor Penny. If he had played at Alabama, he'd be a top-five pick. I like the tape on him better than like Evan Neal. Really? And it's to me, it's not really all that close. But I is, think Evan Neal's a right tackle.
1: Okay. I was going to say, but is that because he was up against such lower-level talent? Well,
2: and that's the reason a guy like him goes to the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. because you start getting guys like my defensive winner, uh, Mafe from, from Minnesota, you want to see them compete against guys like that. And nobody got the better opinion the entire week. I watched every rep he took.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, at least it was shown. I can't tell you that I didn't miss one somewhere, but he dominated people. I think he's a left tackle in this league for a long time. Uh, to me, his the the high side for him is number six to the Carolina Panthers. Wow! I will not that be surprised high. if they take him at six over Charles Cross.
1: Okay. And you've had Charles Cross pegged there at six forever, and
2: I still do. Uh, you know, I still I still right now at this point in the process. I don't think Penning did enough to leap Charles Cross, but it is way closer.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got Trevor Penning, and then you got Boye Mafe on the other side. Boye Mafe
2: was a guy that I thought I was going to be able to keep all to myself, and no one was going to know about him. And I was going to go, hey, hey, there's this guy. And then he decided to have two strip sack fumbles in the uh, Cedar Bowl, so now everybody knows about him. Yeah. He is really good. And he's so malleable that I could see him – he's so scheme versatile. He could be a 3-4 edge rusher. He could be a hand in the dirt, wide nine. I don't think it matters. You just you find a place for him. I had him going in the beginning of the third round before this week. Mm-hmm. He's within the first five picks of the second round and could threaten to get into the back end of the first.
1: All That's
2: right. how good of a week he
1: had. All right, you said there were very few losers. But do you have one overall that hurt his stock worse than anybody else?
2: There were a a few that hurt their stock, but it was just because they didn't really do much.
3: Okay.
2: Like Charlie Kohler. This was a tremendous tight end class at the Senior Bowl. Obviously, tight end whisperer. I pay a lot of attention to tight ends. Isaiah likely had a great week. Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin, was one of the winners of the week. Mm -hmm. I think he firmly put himself in day two consideration.
1: Trey McBride scored the touchdown.
2: Trey McBride, I have, in the back, I have him going in the back end of the first round, beginning of the second. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of tight ends. There was only one that I just completely forgot they were there for extended periods of time, It's Charlie Culver. Mm-hmm. So he slipped about a round. Uh, I think Carson Strong didn't do himself any favors.
1: I have seen him on a lot of loser he lists. He did not
2: do himself any favors. He did not have a – but that was one of the problems with him. And, and a lot of people have said, Sam, how? And I think that's laughable. No, he did fumble twice. Well, and that's fine. That's not really on him. The one that got the the tackle that got beaten, it was the same person both times. Mm -hmm. It was Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. One of the things that we wanted to see was what does he look like in that level of competition? Well, he got eaten Mm alive. That's not on Sam Howell. And I saw some that thought Desmond Ritter showed showed well. I don't know what game you saw, but (laughs) we were not watching the same thing. Desmond Ritter now has an undraftable grade for me. Now, he does get drafted in the mock because he's a quarterback, and this is not a good quarterback draft. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get drafted. And guess what? He stayed with the same team that he's been with practically every time I've done this. Okay, Malik Willis, I will be borderline shocked if he's not the first quarterback taking this draft.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody has had glowing remarks about him.
2: Well, and the thing about Malik Willis, and we talked about him last week, and and you're he will be the most polarizing prospect in this entire process. Because if you want to see it, it's there. If you want to see Lamar Jackson with a better deep ball arm, it's there. However, here's my problem with him, and I said it on the live stream of the Senior Bowl that that David Smith and I did on on Saturday. I see him do all of these electric things to get out of pressure and extend plays and extend the pocket, and nine times out of ten, the ball ends up bouncing out of bounds, or it's short-hopped, or he throws off his back foot, to me, he is not a quarterback that can come in and start right away. With there being such a dearth of quarterbacks that can do that, he's going to end up going too high. Kenny Pickett was perfect. I, I heard that routinely. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't, do anything. Didn't, didn't overly impress in the practices, did not overly impress in the game. I have had him in the middle of the first round to the back end of the first round the entire time, and I don't think that's going to change. People have to remember how old he is. People have to remember that he does have a small hands problem. And, yes, he made some jokes about it that did make it, – it, it made me feel a little warm and fuzzier about him than I did. But you're not going to get over that. You're not going to get over the fact you're the oldest quarterback in this class. But I think he was fine. I don't think he hurt himself. I don't really think he helped himself. Uh, in our comments, Guy said uh, Perry on Winfrey. Perry on Winfrey had a tremendous game. Mm-hmm. He's now a top ten top ten pick in the second round for me. I don't think he can get into the first – there's there's just a a little bit of a difference uh, between him and, and some of the interior linemen. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be one of those weird drafts where you don't see anybody on the interior go until like the back end of the first round. Do you know how high I am with DeMarvin Leal? Oh, yeah. He didn't go in the first round. Mm-hmm. He didn't go in the first round because there's just not that much of a difference between him and, say, a Perry on Winfrey. Mm-hmm. So why would I invest the capital? And then they end up
1: sliding. Right. There's a lot of there. There are two position groups that I've seen a lot of um, dogmatic opinions about. The wide receivers, Khalil Shakir, had a great week. Right, there are a lot of wide receivers that did very, very well this weekend. There was the kid from Memphis, Uh, Calvin Austin the third. Yep, he had a great week. Christian Watson from North North Dakota, North Dakota State. Yeah, he had a really
2: he had a good week of practice. He did not have a particularly good game. Okay, so I. And you have to be careful. The practices mean more than the game, and that's hard to make people understand.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's really hard to make people understand that you see a game where they weren't particularly – it's like Sam Howell. Sam Howell was not good in the game. Every evaluator I've talked to, they didn't care. Mm -hmm. They didn't care. They blamed it on the, the offensive line. They blamed it on the fact that this is not really conducive to what he does. And you had four days of install. Sam Howell is not a West Coast quarterback. He is an improvisational quarterback that does things that you cannot
1: really quantify. And then I've seen the the tackles. The tackles seem to be taking a lot of heat. And is that because there's just that good of edge rushers coming up in this draft? or is it because, I mean, that's just a hard place for guys to transition from, you know, doing solidly for your team? rather than going up against the elite of the elites all the time because i've seen people bad-mouthing you know uh darian canard and well darian canard looked really slow and pretty much guaranteed he's got to play guard in the league daniel getting Daniel lele
2: was a disaster mm-hmm. he'll probably have to play guard in the league as well mm-hmm. i think he's better equipped to be a a, a sixth offensive lineman swing tackle just only because that will take away a lot of the problems he's a house I mean, this is a kid that needs to get into an NFL strength and conditioning program. He's 6'9". He I think at the Senior Bowl he weighed in at 392. He needs to be about 365. Okay. So he's going to have to lose a tremendous amount of, uh, amount of weight. Still, not a great tackle class. Mm-hmm. So he's going to, I, if I remember correctly, I think I have Daniel Falele going in the third round. I think he's one of the first shoot, eight it's, or ten picks on the third seems round. Seems about right. So it, there's still a lot of potential there. You just got to remember the kid's been playing for four years, mm-hmm. just like Braxton Jones. I saw a lot of people crush him. We had a great week of practice, so you, you got to kind of leverage this out of what you got to the game. You've got a, you've got eight. He had eight edge rushers in this game that I had with day two grades or better. So I mean, yeah, this is a step up in competition. He was playing at a borderline D two school, so yeah, of course there was a a, a bit of a transition. Just got to be careful with the game, uh, but there was a lot of good. I saw very few guys that didn't have great weeks it was a lot of fun looking forward to being there next year i've already been told that i'm my, my presence is expected because apparently i was uh ooh, what was the fr- wildly annoying wildly annoying yeah a couple of friends of mine were there and apparently that didn't love the fact that i asked about nine thousand questions so
1: but <laughs> next time just bring your butt down here yeah we'll, we'll i was
2: supposed to you know life happens
1: yeah life happens and uh, you know sometimes life happens when you're when you're trying to wager on some games but jeremy you, well let's find out what he's got for us it's time for i got 5 on it, on. Five on it friday was not a banner day for
2: me oh no but thankfully my deep dive of the fresno state over under saved it good for you i got 3 for you this today in 5 on it First one, the Miami Heat are a six-point favorite at the Washington Wizards. Without Bradley Beal, that team is horror-awful, and they're going to be tonight. The only reason you're getting this line so cheaply is because there's a chance that Jimmy Butler nor Tyler Hero play. I'm going to level with you. I don't care if they trot out Ronnie Sykley; They are going to (laughs) eviscerate the Washington Wizards because this team is bad. I got 50 on it, Miami Heat minus the six. I got 50 on it. The Pittsburgh Panthers take on the Virginia Tech Hokies tonight. Over-under is 128. Here's a weird aberration. The Virginia Tech Hokies score about nine points more a game at home than they do on the road. Okay. Pittsburgh does the same thing on the road compared to playing at home. That's one of those sweet hmm. little aberrations that I don't know that I've ever seen before. This line has gone down all day. These are not two great offenses. I would argue Pittsburgh's the worst Power 5 uh, basketball team in the country don't care they're gonna score points i got 50 on it over 128 between pittsburgh and virginia tech finally the kansas jayhawks rock chalk jayhawks a one point favorite tonight at texas they're a favorite and they should be they're markedly better than texas texas does not get the bump at home that you think they do and they're wildly inconsistent did you happen to see what kansas just did to baylor Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's, beat down. that's the high side of Kansas. The only reason this line is so low is because they're maddeningly inconsistent. Here's the thing. Those maddeningly inconsistent games have largely come at home. This is on the road where they've been good. They've covered a lot of spreads. I got 25 on it. Kansas Jayhawks minus the one. You
1: take all those wagers over to BetUs.com. BetUS.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY and get a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in up to $2,500. BetUS.com. Promo code SPORTSOCRACY. Coming up next. Jeremy's mad again. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com.
4: I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Dirty, to back flat. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore.
1: back flat. the Let hate flow through you. If
2: you couldn't be bothered yesterday to turn on the AFC NFC Pro Bowl, don't fear, you didn't miss much. Here were the highlights. They trotted out a Patrick Mahomes look-alike that fooled the crowd, only to have Pat Mahomes trot out combined the two teams rushed the ball 29 times for 53 yards. Awesome. The NFC had a yard. A yard. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we don't tackle in this game anymore. It's a glorified game of two-hand touch. Yep. How does the best league in sports by 47,000 times have the worst all-star game by 5 65,000 times. It is unwatchable. Why do we do this? Why even have the game? Just name all pro teams and be done with it. Don't subject my eyes to this visual assault of terrible. I genuinely couldn't tell you one good thing about this. I don't know who won MVP. You know why? Because I didn't watch it. Literally everything I know came off Twitter because I have boycotted this game for years, and they haven't done anything to change my mind. The NFL, what's the solution? I don't know. That's your job. You know how to do everything else. Why can you not figure out an All Star game? I'm mad.
1: Uh, what is the solution, though? I mean, you have a uh, you you have a extremely violent game, and that doesn't matter. So we're but not we're not going to hit each it. other. Then just stop doing oh, it. Well, I understand. And I'm right there with you because I a flat can't tell football you. football game. I can't tell you the last I probably last time I watched the uh, a, a Pro Bowl, I probably think Warren Sapp was playing. I in think it. Warren Moon played well, the last one I watched, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get out of here for ESPN Asheville, but still continuing on the YouTube stream. Get on right now, at thesportsocracy.com. The third hour is coming on the way. It's a musicocracy Monday, and we do the big reveal. Sixty-four teams in the bracket. And they're all bands. It's the most overrated bands of all time here in the Sportsocracy. We'll be back here on ESPN Asheville tomorrow at 3 right here in the Ingle studio. Low prices. Love the savings.